who wore that number best and or who best who comes to your mind first? I would have to go with skate on your crew like Mario Lemieux, as uh, Fight Dog once said a long time ago, man. Uh, the Stanley Cups and the way he's uh, been able to resurrect the Pittsburgh Penguins, not only as a player but as an owner, got to go with Mario, Super Mario. Super Mario is a, is a great name. Well, what about the NFL legend, linebacker, Mr. Ray Nitschke? You forget, forget about that guy? Oh, no. Uh, you know, he wore the uh, green and gold quite well. So, uh, you know, he's a legend around these parts. So, yeah, definitely kudos to him. Big ups to uh, Ray Nitschke. Okay, so you're talking about jewelry. And there's one particular fella who's amassed a lot of jewelry over the years, going back to 1986 with the original LT, 1990 with the big tuna, shutting down one of the most prolific offenses scoring offenses in the NFL, then did it again a decade later against the greatest show on turf. Now, this guy has jewelry, but he also has Spygate, Deflategate, and now Spygate 2. What's your thought about Bill Belichick, Spygate 2, and the Patriots? So help, help clarify this for the people. You know, I didn't want to go where you're trying to take me, but people have been kind of trying to take me there all day, man. It's like, when is enough enough? You know, you, you don't want to think people are doing certain things to gain advantages, and you think that once they've been slapped on the hand, then they'll stop, and then you think once they've been slapped in the face in public, they'll stop, and, you know, once they've been kicked in the ass in public, they'll stop, but... Sometimes they just continue to go, and sometimes the excuses just get more and more ridiculous as you as you go along. You know, you, you wonder, um, from the perspective of a, a one and eleven team, you know, such a, a lopsided uh, differential. Why would they feel the need to cheat? But you know, you look around, you know, other sports, and sometimes people just that is how they get their advantage, and they just do what they do, and you know, no one stands in their way, and no one tells them to stop, so they just continue with it, and you know, there's really no repercussions for the Patriots thus far. So there's an old saying going, and I think there's really a pipe more so to baseball. If you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. That definitely applies to sports and business, I guess. If you aren't treating, if you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. That's how that old saying goes. Meaning, you're going to do any and everything to kind of get the advantage on your opponent. We've seen this happen, in fact, in baseball with the Houston Astros. Who, Really, the penalty hasn't been announced, but they kind of took it to another limit. Or did they take it to the limit, and are they just playing the best within the rules? Bill Belichick just admitted the other day, we've crossed the line in the past. This year, we've uh, habitually got close to the line, but this year we made it a point not to go over the line. However, everything that we're hearing or everything I'm hearing is they have the same exact argument, the same exact excuse that they used 10 years ago, nine years ago, when the original Spygate happened. Tell the, tell the people it's, uh, they're working on a TV product, a project. They're working on a, spe- a special documentary for the, for the squad, something outside of football. We're hearing it's the same exact excuse. What are we to think? Now, I'm not going to say it goes so far as to say these incidents, Spygate 1, Deflategate, has tarnished his ring that he's accomplished. I can't go that far. It's just the history is too long for me to go that far. But what I can say, this makes you really, what How did Arsenio Hall say? Something to make you say, hmm. You really question what they're doing, or it begs the question is, why aren't the other teams working this hard to get the advantage? So it's kind of a weird dichotomy that you have to answer. But the Patriots, I think, being that the Saints were penalized, Sean Payton was given a full year for Bounty Gate, which I don't think – I think Bounty Gate happened, happened before then and still happens to this day. 
that was part of football, and he got a four-year suspension. I think Bill Belichick should get a whole year suspension starting, like, this week. That because you have to you have to punish the offender in a way that detours other coaches, other teams for doing something like this. And if you punish them, suspend them for a year, as of today, you ruin his playoffs for this season, likely ruin the playoffs potential for next season. And I think that would show Bill Belichick and the Patriots that hey, you guys can't even get close to the line again. Is that ruling too harsh? What would you think? Uh, they've show, the NFL has shown in the past that the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft are above approach. Um, there simply is not going to be a punishment that's going to be rendered and coming down on them. Um, no matter what they do, um, you know, they they suspended Tom for four games just to kind of somewhat make an example and look how that went. You know, not very well. So I don't think there's going to be any punishment coming. And I think in addition, um, we're seeing where the Patriots are kind of in the apex of things. They're on the downslide, my friend. So they're not going to they're not going to throw salt in the wound. They're going to say, oh, okay, you know, it, it's a it's a team that's not very good. How could you possibly be getting an advantage on these guys by taking their film? Oh my gosh. You're not trying to save your season or anything because you're 10 and 3, trying to cash that golden ticket that you've been able to cash for 12 years in a row. But, you know, no, we put that, we put that above you, uh, 6 and 3 Hall of Fame coach. Bill Belichick, we put that above you, 6 and 3 uh, Super Bowl quarterback champion Tom Brady. Oh, we put that above you, Bob Kraft. We're not even going to ask you about that massage parlor you was at. You know, everything's above you. So this isn't going to come back to them, and plus they're you know they're already starting to see that the you know, the empire is starting to crumble, and they just don't want to you know they don't want to throw shade on them. I think a suspension, a twelve month suspension. Again, they gave Sean Payton a twelve month suspension for a crime that was far less worse. It was actually a part of football. I mean that's the play, that's the intent. Go out there and hurt the other guys. That's it, that is the intent of every time a defensive line. The deep, you send the defense out there. That's intent to hurt your receiver, to hurt your lineman, to hurt your hit your quarterback. The quarterback must go down. He must go down hard. That's intent. So now to say that the coach, by way of the defensive coach, says the bounty gate is is too harsh and we got to suspend you for a season when you're cheating in the game or. A you can't get the benefit of the doubt being that this is the third time that something like this has happened. We, we, we just can't give you a benefit of the doubt. A suspension must be handed down, and it must be handed down immediately, Mr. Roger Goodell. As for the officiating in the football game, we saw some questionable offense, uh, officiating in New England versus Kansas City. Harry, the receiver, clearly inbound, though for the pylon, that was he saw uh, – it was called out of bounds. You know, nobody really complained again because it's the Patriots. The Giants and the, the Eagles on Monday night, before Wentz goes, scores his go ahead touchdown, the clock clearly hit zero. No flag was thrown. The Jets and the Miami Dolphins. We just had a questionable pass appearance uh, last week with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos. This week we saw another questionable call that went to the that went to the ruling when they haven't been ruling against for pass interference all season long. They finally go to the booth and say, "Oh yeah, that's a pass interference on the Dolphins. Let's give the the Jets a free kick to end the game with no time on the clock." The Miami loses the game to the hated Jets. And then on San Francisco and New Orleans, we saw some questionable calls going on in that game too. Is officiating the worst you've seen it since you've been watching football? Not the worst we've seen, Cam. We, I mean, we've seen replacement refs, uh, so you can't say it's the worst that you've seen. Well, I think that we've, we've, we've come to kind of – Thank you, pardon. I think you got a point right there. Yeah, you wasn't thinking about the replacement refs. Yeah, but 
I mean, even though no, Seattle, not- Seattle's got the advantage of the replacement rest, but you got you actually got a point right there. So yeah, it's not it's not the worst that we've seen. Um, unfortunately, you know, they they haven't decided who really have control. Is it New York or is it their refs on the field? It, it sometimes seems like the refs on the field are just kind of there to as placeholders, and that ultimately every call that's within question, um, you know, within a centimeter, is going to get replayed anyway. So I don't know how many challenges you have. I mean, and obviously with the case with the the Patriots, they were out of challenges, which is why the uh, the Kill Harry touchdown couldn't get reviewed. So, I mean, that happens, of course. But at the same time, to me, it seems like just a very start-stop, start-stop to the flow of a game. doesn't really matter what it is. Um, they're always, you know, it feels like the decision is taken out of their hands ultimately anyway. So they feel indifferent about it. It's the way I feel like the refs are in the games these days. I don't know why it's so hard to have one official from one from the visiting team, one official from the home team, and the league referee in the booth watching the game on television. Like we all see, we all get the replays within three or four seconds of the play ending. Be in the booth, make the make the official call. It's three it's three guys to one play. One team is going to say call it one way. The other team is going to call it the other way. The official makes the deciding factor. It, it, it's not that hard. And they can have that decided within 15 seconds of the play actually ending. It's not that hard. I don't know what, why they're not listening to Voice of the Fans podcast because they haven't decided to take that metho- methodology to each game and speed up these games. Maybe that's soon to come. Playoff contenders, Mr. Cleavon. Contenders or pre- uh, pretenders after the Rams smacked around the Seahawks on Sunday night. Have the Rams, Los Angeles Rams, emerged? As a playoff contender in the NFC, uh, unfortunately, no. Um, although they're playing really good, inspired football, um, the two wild card teams at present are the Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings, of which the Los Angeles Rams are one and two games behind, respectively, of uh, three games left, two of which are on the road. So I would have to say pretender. Pretender. Oh, that's what you would like to say. Okay, how about the Tennessee Titans led by Mr. Ryan Tannehill of all quarterbacks? Are they a pretender or a contender? I'm sorry, who are they led by? My goodness. (laughs) That quarterback, I'm not sure where they picked him up from, but they got a good Okay, yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, they are definitely a contender. Oh, Cameron? Uh, ever, ever since the Tennessee Titans have decided to go to a, a change at the quarterback position, they have been revitalized. Uh, a sense of energy has just come through their whole, their whole team. It just permeated through the whole organization. They Man, feel a sense of, of of accomplishment, of hope. I don't. This guy is been brought on by a cat named Ryan Tannehill, who was exiled from the three hundred five. But now has rebound himself in Nashville. Yeah, they're contenders, homie. This cat is six and one. Never played. This is the best seven game stretch he's been on in his entire career. I don't know where this is at. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if, if it's a, the the good cooking in Tennessee. I don't know what the heck is going on. Maybe he left a wife in Miami and, and she left all the guns down there. I have no idea what's going on. But this kid has been playing absolutely out of this world. And have these guys in contention for a, a division championship if one, if the ten, or Texans flip up. The Colts don't look like they want to win the division. Um, he has these guys in contention, and it's very much surprising to me. How about Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, they are definitely contenders, Kim. I don't know if you got a chance to put him back on your Christmas card list or not. I know the way that you were talking about him early in the season, about he wasn't nothing and um, needed to go find a good, uh, you know, junior college team to turn around and, you know, be an inspiration to some uh, you know, some troubled youth or something. Nah, man, this is the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the most storied franchises in the NFL, man. You know, give him a quarterback that's not going to kill us. Even if it's a cat named Chucky Ducky Hodges, whatever, man. 
Come on, man. He's going to make it happen. That defense is coming. Ever since they made that trade with the Dolphins, picking up a cat named Nick Fitzpatrick, they did not arrive. There you go. So you, you said it right there. All of, Ever since they made the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, now, ooh, it kills me. You you just you, Two times you try to bring it up with the, with the Tennessee Titans, and now you try to bring them back up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's killing me. You try to, get, you try to provoke me. You try to provoke me, Mr. Cleveland, and I, I know it. But I'm, I'm going to avoid that. And what I'm going to say about Mike Tomlin is I'm going to give him credit where credit is due. At the end of last year, at the end of last season, I was saying maybe it's time for him to be, go elsewhere. You're right. You're absolutely right. I thought he was running his course in Pittsburgh. When you leave, you get Le'Veon Bell's gone. Ben Roethlisberger's gone. Antonio Brown is gone. And now you have your team back in contention with your third-string quarterback? Man, that's, this is good coaching going on by Mike Tomlin. I respect the job that he's doing this year. It's heavily weighed on the addition of Mika Fitzpatrick on the squad, though. It just, and I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go how they got him, why they got him. I'm not going to get there. But fans, you know, fans who listen to this show know I'm severely irritated by that trade they moved. I'm severely ir- irritated by that. Mr. Mm. Lee, let's talk about some good football games over the week. Was it a worse, a better win or worse loss? For the Niners and the Saints, was that a better win for the Niners or a worse loss for the Saints? Although we both picked the Niners. Oh, better win for the Niners. I, I don't think that there were any losers in that game. I think it was toe-to-toe, uh, knockdown, drag out, uh, you know, a few plays, a few inches here or there. The game could have went either way. So um, both teams left it all out there on the field. Um, kudos to the Niners going on the road and being able to uh, score 48 points. Impressive. Yeah, that was impressive, although the Saints were out there without their starting linebacker, two of their linebackers, actually. The Saints, I picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl. Although I did pick the Niners, I told you, I picked the Niners to win this game, and it was not going to be indifferent to the Saints being able to win the Super Bowl. What that proved to me and what every, the whole league saw is the exact reason I picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl. But you have the quarterback, under two minutes to go. There's only – two quarterbacks I want with the ball in their hands. And he had the ball in his hands, down five, two minutes to go, and we saw what happened. He led his team, Drew Brees, that is, led his team to a game, a go-ahead touchdown. It was just that the poorest defense gave up a 30-yard run by Kittles for him to get the offense and score, uh, get the Niners offense in scoring position. But that's exactly why I'm very confident in the Saints being with their starting linebacker coming back and being able to slow down any opponent in playoff time. So I'm, I was I, I was left with a lot of confidence in that game if I was a if I was a Saints fan and good win by the Niners. That was a good win by the Niners. They, a lot of people said they couldn't do what they've been doing. Three weeks they lost a couple games, but they came back and got a big win against the Super Bowl contending team. That was a great win by the Niners. <clears throat> Was this a worse loss for the Seattle Seahawks or better win for the Los Angeles Rams? Mr. Cleveland, you tell us. How, how did it go over in Seattle? Um, it went over like a complete uh, shock and disappointment, uh, slap in the face for uh, 206 uh, Seahawks fans. The 12s were not it, happy. It, the game wasn't really close, actually. I mean, that, I know that was It was never close. It was never a close camp. The, the Hawks never looked like they were engaged in the game. Um, it, it was it was very uncharacteristic of a Pete Carroll coach team. That being said, it was a better win for the Rams. If they would have lost this game, they were, were no longer in playoff contention. Um, they would be scrambling, talking about uh, whether their head coach was a you know a genius or just a, a flash in the pan. And they you know they might have been looking for uh, you know services elsewhere. However, they were able to. Uh, get the victory and still stick around and be in the conversation. That being said, uh, if the Hawks went out and the, you know, the 49ers went out, Hawks won that division. So better win for the, uh, better win for those guys. I, I, I agree. With that was a terrible loss. Better, better win for the Rams. Hawks, Hawks would still be down. It, it was a terrible loss for the Seahawks, and it was a great win for the Rams because they need that to stay alive in the playoff run. 
it, it was a loss. You know, the terrible loss. Let's come on, man. Get yeah, a little carried away. Yeah, ter- terrible loss. Are you comfortable with the win KC had over the Patriots? Now, although they won the game, I was not as comfortable as you would be with the win. Were you comfortable with the way Kansas City were able to hang on and beat the Patriots? Oh, I was extremely comfortable with that win, Cam. And you know, the kind of the icing on the cake. Extremely um, comfortable. And kind of a, and kind of a microcosm of the uh, New England Patriots season was really the last uh, offensive drive of the game for the Patriots. Right when it looked like Tom Brady had orchestrated this drive to come down the field and uh, reclaim what was rightfully theirs. Uh, Tom's trying to throw the little uh, you know, slant in the end zone, and the uh, Kansas City cornerback coming over the top and just, you know, just knocking it out of the way, you know. He knew it was coming, and he just kind of, oh, right when it got here, yeah. Sorry to spoil your hopes and dreams. And it was, that was from so that, Though that was a fantastic play, they were a bad call away from taking the lead in that game. But they did not. And they they were they were able to win the game. So I again like like the question that you asked was yeah it, it, it was better for for Kansas City yeah. Okay, all right, all right, fans. Um, let's take a break here, Cleveland. When we come back, we're going to talk about our confidence picks, how that win. We're going to do a quick re- week in review, and then talk about what games we're looking forward to next week in the NFL. So Cleveland, let's take a little break here, big guy. <laughs> All right, welcome back, fans. Cleveland, we're going to talk about a confidence pick. Every week we do confidence picks. We apply one through five weighted picks for how we feel each team is going to do, aside from our regular picks. This week, Cleveland has a large lead, fans. I, I'm ashamed to admit it, actually. I'm actually ashamed to admit it, but here it is in, in green and white on paper. Cleveland has a decisive lead this season. And this is the first season, I, I, without going back and looking at the books, I think this is the biggest – the only time you beat me in this segment. This is, this is the only year we've been doing it three, three years now. I think this is the only year you beat me in this segment. Confidence pick, it was 10 to it was ten to 12. You had 12 points last week. Houston, yeah, Houston waited at three points. I had Houston at four points, and I had Dallas winning. So there I was hurt with Houston. Dallas lost five points. You had Houston only winning. That cost you three points. So there's your, there's your 12 points. So kudos to you out of that. Our picks against the spread. Now, picks for the regular season or the regular week. I had 11 right out of 16. Cleveland to your nine out of 16. A couple of games that we had wrong. We both had Houston. We both had Indianapolis. We both had Buffalo winning. Seattle and Dallas. Those are my five games. You had actually Arizona beating Pittsburgh somehow. You much you want to talk about Pittsburgh and give Mike Tomlin some credit. You had Arizona beating them of all teams, and you had Oakland beating Tennessee Titans. And your boy, your new boy Ryan Tannehill, didn't happen. Eleven out of nine, I won that week. Uh, perfection for Cam in the picks against the spread, three to one actually. And then I'm back on top for the in the percentage of the wins for the year, one thirty-one to one. Yeah, yeah, back on top as per usual. That's ridiculous. So whatever. Yeah, I know. We got, we got some decent games coming up this week this week with some games with some playoff a lot of playoff interest. We have the Rams playing the Cowboys this week here. That should be an interesting game. We have the Bears and the Packers, which is also always an interesting game considering the rivalry. And then the Minnesota Vikings Travel to Los Angeles. Interested to see how how they fill up the stadium in Carson, California. Playing the can they keep stride as they're playing the five and eight Los Angeles Chargers? What are some of the games that you're looking forward to seeing this week, sir? Definitely interested to see how this uh, Colts Saints game uh, ends up. We'll see if the uh, Colts, uh, the uh, both teams, uh, actually need to rebound and, and see if they can. Uh, well, the Saints are obviously in the playoff picture, but uh, you know the Colts are kind of fighting for their uh, their playoff lives here. So let's let's see what they're if they're able to do and to kind of come through with a victory. And 
Um, with regards to that, that Buffalo Pittsburgh game is just kind of serious, man. I mean, they're both uh, right now uh, wild card. So uh, let, let's let's see how that kind of unfolds. Is it a five six six five? And it's going to go you know back and forth, and it's going to flip flop. Uh, yeah, it's a good game. Another game that plays a factor in the playoff seeding is again your new Tennessee Titans welcome the Houston Texans into Tennessee. Now I've taken Ryan Tannehill and the Titans to to beat DeAndre Watson, or excuse me, to beat Watson and the Texans. I think you have Houston. Why do you think Houston can win that game? Oh, they didn't definitely have to lead down. Uh, they were embarrassed. They had a whole lot of egg on their face, letting uh, Drew Locke and the Broncos come in and just kind of uh, blindside him. It's almost like uh, you know, they just weren't expecting to be playing in a real, you know, uh, official NFL football game. And once they kind of figured that out, they were like, wow, damn, okay, they're really seriously playing. Oh, okay. And it was too late. But, uh, no, they're they're woke now, and uh, they're going to handle business. So, Again, those are some of the games that we're looking forward to seeing. I think we've got a good week of football coming in, in here on week 15. And let's review our supremacy rankings for this week, Mr. Cleveland. We both agree, Baltimore, San Francisco, and the New Orleans Saints, top three teams in the NFL. However, I have Kansas City, Seattle, and KC. Now, I understand why you put KC ahead of New England. We have Seattle with the same, with the same, the same seating there. You want to tell the people, I have KC below New England just because I wasn't that comfortable with the W. KC actually kind of stayed from last week. They just they stayed in the same area. I just wasn't that comfortable with the W. I expect Bill Belichick, if, they, if this was in the playoffs, I'd expect him to have won that game. So that's my reasoning for KC. I just wasn't that comfortable, and I'm not that comfortable putting them ahead of New England. Why are you so comfortable putting them ahead of New England and Seattle? Because Cam, we're 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 finally seeing it. The Kellerman effect is is finally in in, in full effect, my friend. It's the beginning of the. You can see the crumblings. You can see the remnants of the empire. You know, if you watch Game of Thrones, it's kind of like the Lannisters, man, on their final legs, man. You can just kind of see it, Dan. It's starting to happen, and um, the Chiefs aren't supposed to be able to go up to. Uh, New England and went on the road, man. In the cold, all that, man. Out coast, all that, man. Brady looking like he's 40-plus years old, man. All that, man. The Chiefs are a better team. Okay, so Green Bay, Minnesota, Tennessee, and Buffalo. We actually had the same teams. I had Green Bay, Buffalo, Minnesota, and Tennessee. Tennessee Snug, this is the first time they've been in my top ten. I don't know about – I'm not positive about yours. I know this is the first time they've been in my top ten. I have Buffalo still pretty solid. Even though they lost last weekend, I have them still pretty – they're a pretty solid team playing good football. They lost, to the, they lost to the Ravens. They lost to top team in the league. So I can't be that hard on them. So I got them higher than Minnesota, who minus Dalvin Cook. They got your boy Kirk Cousins, that quarterback. I can't put Tennessee ahead of either one of those guys. So that 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 rounds out my ranking. Green Bay, you, are you confident in Green Bay making noise in the playoffs? Not 100%. Uh, I haven't really been happy with the way uh, A-Rod has been throwing the ball this, this year. Um, just not a lot of explosive plays. I mean, the, the Packers' offense is not is not something that scares people. And that's that's kind of a surprising given, you know, what they've been able to do in the you know previous years. So, um yeah, I'm not really just overly uh, scared of those guys by any means. Okay, as we stated, fans, I have in this week, I have Miami in my in my rankings for confidence pick. I'm giving Miami a one point. I'm that confident in them. New Orleans, Baltimore, San Francisco. Again, we have a, some of the same teams. You have KC. You're that confident in KC getting a W this week, huh? I am that confident in KC getting a W this week, and yes, I am. They're playing the Broncos, so good good deal out of you. We'll see how that goes. The Ravens, I need, for my fantasy purposes, I need Lamar Jackson to play in the game. 
I need him in the game so I can continue as fantasy uh, playoff start, and we'll get we'll touch on that a little later. But uh, in a specific league, I need Lamar Jackson to play this weekend on Thursday, tomorrow night. Cleveland, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about on this date in black history. We're also going to talk about the NBA, some of the surprises, some of the disappointments thus far. And then I want to hear who you have as this year's MVP two months into the season. Let's take a break here. Uh, the people at What's Good Sports want to, want to talk to you, talk to the fans, and make sure you guys tune into the website. Every Cleveland, have you seen the what, What's Good Sports website? Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Lots of uh, positive stories and lots of great content. Um, the people they told me uh, personally, make sure you guys go visit the website. So please, when you get a chance after the show, check out the What's Good in, What's Good Sports dot com website. All right, Cleveland. Welcome back to the Voice of the Fans. This is week 66, December 11th. As always, man, we like to talk about on this date in history and give our shot, a shout-out to our ancestors and then bring in some a little sports trivia, sports history, what happened back in this back when. Some of you Seahawks fans weren't wearing the number 12. Some of you Seahawks fans Hadn't been to the CenturyLink Stadium. I was going to the Kingdom. I don't know about you. I was going to the Kingdom. CenturyLink. I mean, where, where were they playing? They were playing the Husky, Husky Stadium for two years before that stadium got built. That's correct, yes. All right, big guy. On this day, 1900, National Negro Anthem. Lift every voice and sing. That was composed by James Weldon and James Rosamond Johnson back in 1900, 12-12-1900, in fact. We're a little day off, but I thought I'd give you that little piece of history. Also, Nobel, Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King back in 1210-1964. In 1981, if you can figure this out. Trevor Burbick beat a fella in his 61st fight, his 61st and final fight back in 1981. You know who that guy was? Unfortunately, I do. Um, having watched a very good documentary uh, produced by LeBron James, that would be Muhammad Ali. Okay, I'm not sure how LeBron James got into this, but you're right. It was. I was just like, you know, I just got done watching a documentary about Muhammad Ali produced by LeBron James. Damn. I mean, again, I'm not. We're talking about the greatest ever. I mean, it, damn, King. Why watch you watch you be cool, man? I'm just saying, Muhammad Ali. That's your question. Okay. Okay. Again, we're talking about the greatest ever, and you bring LeBron. Okay. You, 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 you take, you're taking the city of LA, the city of Angel thing too, 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 too much to heart, homie. Oh my goodness. All right, 1985. I wish my Dolphins had a chance to see these guys in the in the Super Bowl. Oh, I wish they had it. The only team to beat the greatest defense in NFL history, those 1985 Bears, there was only one team to beat them, only one. That was my Miami Dolphins. That year was the year that the hatred for the New England Patriots started. Craig James, Andre Tippett, Uh, who's the quarterback? Uh, the quarterback. Tony Steve Morgan. Steve Morgan. Oh my goodness gracious, man! And went to the Super Bowl and got absolutely pounded, and had the Chicago Bears doing a Super Bowl shuffle. They did a video before a week before the Super Bowl. They made a video because they were so confident in pounding them, bums. But had that been my Miami Dolphins? led by the greatest quarterback in NFL history, it had been a little fretting and frightened there because, again, they ate them boys up on Monday Night Football. Ate them up. And it hurt my heart that we couldn't see that Super Bowl. Oh, it hurt my heart. I think that was the last time I actually shed a tear watching a football game is when the Patriots 
Oh, my goodness, I was sick to death when the Patriots beat them. Sick to death. All right, big guy, let's talk about the NBA. Thus far in the NBA, some of the surprises, man. Some There's been some teams surprising. I expected the Celtics to be good. I expected the Celtics to be this good. I'm not sure that I expected this from the Mavericks and Luka Doncic to be this good. Luka Doncic giving us an MVP caliber season. And how about the Miami Heat? With Tyler Hero down there stroking the ball. Those are some of my surprises. What are your surprises in the NBA thus far in the season? Uh, I would definitely call what the Sacramento Kings are doing uh, under Luke Walton's uh, leadership surprising. And I would also call, uh, although Monty Williams is a great coach, what Phoenix Suns have been able to do out there uh, in Scottsdale uh, pretty surprising. Um, but, but really it's probably more surprising in, uh, on the flip side uh, just how bad some of these teams have been. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, horrid. Uh, the Why New York Knicks, everybody absolutely, absolutely horrid. And uh, Portland Trailblazers, although they picked up Carmelo, uh, not in the playoffs right now. So those, I guess, would be the uh, biggest surprise uh, this month for me. Well, yeah, you and considering you've been riding Dame and CJ, CJ pretty tough, man. You have to be down there hurting a little bit about the Blazers. A little bit disappointed that they haven't been able to do a little bit more. Uh, you know, Carmelo certainly is not going to carry them to uh, to the playoffs. You know, he can help, but uh, you know, you know, that's on his back at uh, at this stage in his career. So, yeah, slight concern over there in uh, NPO. Why are you cons- Why are you surprised about or disappointed in what the Warriors have done? They they lost Kevin Durant. They lost Clay Thompson. Steph Curry goes down with injury. What do you expect out of these guys? Well, I certainly wasn't expecting them to be the second worst team in in basketball. Uh, you know, barely able to, uh, you know, field a CBA caliber team. So you thought yeah, uh, that's, 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 that's shocking. You I mean, they saw uh, you got the Jamon Green and the other players. Uh, I, I believe they brought in a, a guy, a snitch, you know, you know, nicknamed Snitchy, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and uh, you know, kind of fell some baskets. Hasn't been happening, so you know. Come on, it's disappointing. Come you can't lose what two of the last four All Stars, or excuse me, two of the last four MVPs. You can't lose those guys and expect to be anything in the season. You can't lose Clay Thompson and expect to have a productive season. Like, who Clay went down? I uh, lottery pick and then come back next year strong before Steph's injury. That's what I thought. I just I don't know what you could have expected from those guys. I'm a little disappointed in, in the Philadelphia 76ers to be honest with you, and the Utah Jazz. Those are two teams that I expected to take. I expected the uh, Sixers to be number one or two in the East, and I'm not sure where they are now. They're somewhere hovering around six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. And the Utah Jazz, I mean, come on. Uh, guys, you guys, I, I know you're at best the fourth team in the in the West. But right now, I mean, come on, what are what what are they doing? They're they're really embarrassing themselves, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they're trying to find their identity a little bit. it's taking a little bit uh more time than I think anticipated to kinda of try and find the chemistry with Mike Conley. Uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell is a you know, for me, he's a he's a sometimes superstar man. Are are you that guy? Are you not that guy, man? Are you revolving our team around you? Are you a franchise player, or you know, can you just show up? You know, here and again and every now and again, and you know, do some good things. Those are two different kinds of players in my mind. So once he decides what he wants to do, that's where the the Jazz are going to go. But, you know, they have Gobert in the middle. They they have Conley, and you know, they can do some things. But uh, until Donovan Mitchell decides what kind of player he's going to be. They're going to, you know, have a lot of these kind of uh, star-stop uh, kind of flow to their season. Yeah, the Jazz are currently seven in the West. And, yeah, I expected them – I think they'll finish probably four or five, but I expected a much more productive season out of those guys. And the Sixers – 
well, they're 18 and seven. They're only behind the Celtics. I, I thought for sure they have a better record than the Celtics. They have the actually the fourth best record in the, in the East. It just feels like I guess that they're doing worse than they are because I expected so much more, so so much more out of them. Um, that's why I thought they were a disappointment. Who thus far has been the MVP in your eyes? Is between Luca and Giannis. Now, if you say anybody else, um, I have to question your basketball knowledge. But to your point, who's had the best season thus far, or who's who's in the MVP race? Would you throw James Harden in that mix? Uh, not only would I throw James Harden in that mix, I would I would throw him above the other uh, two aforementioned All Stars that you just named. Dude is going for 60 points in, like, three quarters. Dude going for, like, 55, uh, he, he was, you know, tonight. I mean, he's just he, he's, he's a scoring machine, man. He's averaging 40 points a game, dog. You have James Harden above? He's, he's, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Above yards. Okay. 55 tonight. 20 on 20 for 34. Woo. <laughs> Woo. And he only hit five free throws. So all you guys are complaining about him going to the free throw line. He only hit five of them. Interesting. Okay. I, I didn't know you'd be going that way. I'm in, interesting. So I, I guess that top three would be Harden, Giannis, and Luca, huh? So Luca is, is is he surprising you at all, or is this kind of what you anticipated from Luca? Absolutely, did not anticipate this uh, leap in his development whatsoever. Um, I thought it would be a lot more modest, uh, kind of gradual. He took the next step in a very big way. Uh, he's out there dominating fools. They are making Kristaps uh, Porzingis, a.k.a. the unicorn, look like just a regular guy. I, I have not seen one game where Kristaps has been the focal point or the lead story with regards to the Mavericks. So that just lets you know what kind of season uh, Lucas has having at this point. Well, yeah, Luca has the ball in his hand, so he he's able to make plays when he wants to, how he wants to. He's able to get to a spot on the floor. They're just abusing him on the defensive end. But Luca is that offensive genius, man, and, and and he's been playing. Don't let's not forget, he's been playing professional basketball now for about five years, six years if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he started when he was 15, and so he's coming to the league. He already said it was easy easy to score in the league, so he's showing. He, he, he's a man of his word because he's showing he can score. He's showing he can get where he wants to on the court. He can do just about everything he wants to on, he wants to do on the court except play defense. Maybe that'll be the next thing to come to stopping somebody. Talking about stopping somebody. Maybe he stopped himself. And I think he, he uh, um, essentially said as much in the multiple interviews he had post-fight on Saturday night. And I'm talking about Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua, Joshua regaining his titles back. Andy said he didn't train. He, he should have listened to his pops. He should have listened to his trainer. I mean, how much money did he leave on the table, dog? Just coming in the ring, fat, out of shape, too slow to really make any impact on, his, on Anthony Joshua. Uh, being down here in Southern California, the, the Southern California is in a world of sh- shock and disappointment at the way he flew to Saudi Arabia to take the beating. It looked like he just took the dive, but he said he didn't train. So, and and if you watch any of the YouTube clips, you can see that he was eating everything in sight. Are you disappointed with Andy? Did he give up his chance? What's your thoughts on Andy Ruiz and what he did going to Saudi Arabia and just he might as well just. Uh, gift wrapped the the belts back to Joshua. He might well took him in the ring and say, "Here you go." The way you, the way he went in there. What's your thoughts? Not at all disappointed, Cam. Uh, this is exactly what I expected. Um, very shortly after we saw him win the title, um, you could see that he was overwhelmed by the fame and all the opportunity that comes to being the heavyweight champion of the world, and that he was going to choke up that as much as is humanly possible because. YOLO, you only live once, and never know if something's going to happen again. And um, it just wasn't in him, just wasn't in his DNA to be a professional, to get in the gym and train and see this as a long-term goal. He saw it more as like a, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. 
and he just kind of made the most of it. You know, a one-hit wonder. He's going to write that one song until the wheels fall off, and it just fell off. He'll get maybe one more big fight. Uh, Deontay Wilder, you know, seems to be kind of a, a nice guy, charitable in that kind of respect. So after Deontay kind of uh, you know, unifies the belt, you know, he might give a, might give Ruiz a shot, uh, but that'll be about it for him. Yeah, he gonna he has to do a lot of work to work himself back into championship contention, and I don't know that it's there or it might be a few years away. But you're right, things are gonna to have to go pretty bad for him to get get another shot. Cleveland, in closing, I want to give a shout out to those who played the Voice of the Fans inaugural fantasy football season playoff start this week, and surprisingly, folks. I'm sitting this one out. Surprisingly, I'm, I'm on the sideline with the bye. And we have Vegas 2020. We have Bank Squad. We have Tony's champion in Lord of the Rings. And Brenda's team and then some other chumps are contending for the Voice of the Fans inaugural championship. Fantasy football team. That's enough. Okay, Chance. Okay, Chance. If you can't say it, okay, Chance. If you can't say it, I'll, I'll say it for the fans. Fans, I'm actually sitting out this week as well. <laughs> as the number two team getting that bye in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, we're going to leave it right there, fans. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another week of the Voice of the Fans show. Cleveland, thank you for your time. Thank you for your support. Fans. Happy holidays, season greetings. We'll talk to you next week. As always, I want to thank you guys for making our voice your choice. Be tuned in, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. We appreciate it. And tell a friend, tell a friend, and tell a friend. And again, thank you for making our voice your choice. Have a good one, Cleveland. Bye, now, bro. Talk soon. Later. Thank you for making our voice your choice.